I was thinking about what to talk about for Mother's Day. I didn't have to think very long. Most of the time I'm in the Word. I do a lot of writing based on the Word. You know, things that may or may not see print someday. I don't know. I just write a lot about the Word, a lot in the Word. I do that a lot. And the past, uh, few, the past week or so, I had been really studying about the warfares in the, in the Word of God, the various battles that were fought in the Old Testament and the various struggles that the apostles had in the New Testament. So it's been like probably a week or two of just going through those things and just writing about what I perceive and what I receive by revelation. And that's always so important to me because, you know, one of the things that we are all called to do is to be intercessors. We might do it to a small degree or to a large degree, but we are called, all of us, to be intercessors in our generation for the will of the Lord to be done. Every time we do the Lord's Prayer and we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we are praying an intercession. It's just two lines in the Lord's Prayer. But when we go beyond, sometimes God can lead our hearts to pray for all kinds of things that we never even thought about. So we have to lend ourselves to prayer because it's through prayer that God causes his will to be done and his kingdom to come on earth, in our families, in our communities, in our cities, in our province, country, and around the world. Prayer is so important. It cannot be said enough how important is prayer. It cannot be said enough how difficult it is simply because the enemy does everything to stop us from praying. Because he knows that we channel the power of God in prayer. We access the power of God in prayer. And therefore, every possible thing will be done to distract us from praying when we have the urge to pray. So it's always a battle and we have to be aware of it so that when we feel the struggle, we can still take a stand and do what we know to be right. Amen. So may God help all of us because none of us is, uh, um, you know, doing all of it as we ought, you know, but may God help all of us. I always pray that God would help me to do my part. You know, and sometimes my part means that God wakes me up at 4 a.m., especially when he wakes me up at 4, I know it's about prayer. Around that hour of 4, he tends to wake me up from time to time, and I know I'm supposed to enter in and do some amount of prayer. Sometimes I do a lot, sometimes I sleep in five minutes or something. But for myself, I know that around that hour when I'm called, that God would like me to pray, especially in my tongues. Amen. So... Where did I get to when I had this uh, um, request to do this sermon? Was I was actually studying Deborah in the book of Judges. And it was just clear to me that God wanted me to talk about Deborah, especially when I came to one phrase where Deborah said, he said, until I, Deborah, you know, a mother of Israel, use that word mother. And it just leapt up to me that on Mother's Day, Deborah has declared herself to be a mother of Israel. So that's how this whole sermon came to me. Amen. Praise God. Now, as we all know, a mother is a female parent, a woman in relation to her child or children. That's the noun. But the verb mother is to bring up a child, really, with care and affection. So that's what it is in brief. 
In the Bible, God has referred to himself as a mother. Isaiah 66 verse 13 says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So God pre pretty much paints himself as a mother in the comfort of our souls. And how many of us have received the comfort of the Lord? I have received that a lot. Times when I'm really low, down, depressed, oppressed, defeated, God has often come through to comfort my soul. He's come through to tell me that you can make it. He's come through to tell me that it's not all lost, that I can redeem, I can restore, I can recover. And you know, those things are so precious to my soul. I live believing that he will restore. I live believing that I will recover all. Just as he said, just as David went in pursuit of the Amalekites when they raided him at Ziglag, and David asked the Lord and said, shall I pursue? The Lord said to him, pursue, and without fail, you will recover all. Amen. Praise God. But it took what? A pursuit. It took a pursuit. He said, pursue. Hallelujah. And the Lord wants us to have a spirit of pursuit. Hallelujah. And without fail, we shall recover all. Amen. I live believing that. I remind myself of that on a daily basis. That without fail, I will recover all. Amen. Praise God. Isaiah 49 and verse 15, God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. God is the mother who will not forget you. He cannot forget you. He cannot forget you. Hallelujah. He says, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. You are inscribed on the palms of God's hands. God takes a look at his hand, and what does he see? My name. He's remembering me. What does he see? Your name. He's remembering you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to pause and see this with your inward eye. You know, it can just, I can say it, and it can come in and leave through the other ear in like no time. But if you receive this word, and you can actually see your name inscribed on the palm of God's hand, you know that he cannot forget you. Amen. He says, your walls are continually before me. My walls at Norton Drive, they are before God. He sees, you know, the room I'm in, the walls. He says, all these things that you care about within these walls, I see them. Hallelujah. Because he's the mother who will not forget. Amen. Hallelujah. The one of the names of God is also El Shaddai. El Shaddai means almighty God, but in its real transliteration, it means the many-breasted one, the one with so many breasts, the one who can feed all of us. We all have a nipple to suckle on. You know, we all have some milk for us. If you've seen some of these uh, creatures, right, who they're all their little ones are sucking at the same time. God is able to be feeding you and you and you and you and all the people across in Africa and Asia at the same time. He has enough nipples for each and every one of us and he can feed us exactly what we need. None of us need to become a runt. Oh, no, 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 no. We can feed and be strong. Hallelujah. So God says he is the many-breasted one. So if God can be a mother, then I can tell you that every man and every woman can be a mother. Hallelujah. There's that mothering in every one of us. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. So Mother's Day, yes, it belongs to the mothers, but it belongs also to all who are mothering in the Lord. All of us who are mothering, whether we are married or not married, whether we are female or male, all of us have in us to be the mother that is God. We can all nurture someone. We can all have compassion on someone. We can all pay attention to someone. We can all do that. Hallelujah. So the mothering spirit of God is in every son and daughter of the Most High. We all can be mothers for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So just receive that on Mother's Day that you have in you a mothering spirit for somebody. It might not be your biological child, but there's something in you for somebody. Hallelujah. And so long as you, you walk in that, hallelujah, you are mothering for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And God truly appreciates that when you express the mother's side of him. When you allow yourself to be the mother spirit that is God, he truly appreciates that. Amen. So for all of you out there, especially those without um, biological children, be blessed in the mothering. Hallelujah. Receive your status as a mother of Israel, a mother of Zion, a mother of the children of God, and a mother of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Receive it with joy in Jesus' name. Amen. He truly, truly, truly appreciates it. Amen. So in the book of Judges, there was a woman called Deborah who introduced herself in Judges 5-7. This is what she says. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. So Deborah has said something very striking. She is talking about being a mother of community, not just her own three children or one child or whatever. She's talking about being a mother of the community. She's talking about being a mother of a city. She's talking about being a mother of a nation. She's talking about something that is way bigger, hallelujah, than what most of us extend our hearts and hands to mother. Hallelujah. So she said, village life ceased. Something had happened that had caused village life to cease. Something had happened that had brought a state of emergency to Israel. Something had happened that was so disruptive. Crime was everywhere. And that was when Deborah arose and became a mother in Israel. Hallelujah. God is calling us to be that mother. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And she said, it, all of this was happening until, until something changed when Deborah arose. Something changed when Deborah arose. And especially when she arose as a mother in Israel. Amen. It is powerful if we will hook onto the mother spirit of God and if we will choose to become the mothers of our communities, our cities, hallelujah, our workplaces, our schools, something powerful is going to happen. And we can say that things changed when I arose and became this mother in this place. Amen. Praise God. It is very, very, very interesting. It really caught my attention. And I knew that this was what I was supposed to speak about today. Amen. So we are going to find a few things about Deborah. Deborah was not a simple person. But I also submit to you that there's nothing like a simple person. You know, we are all complex. I'm telling you, every one of us is complex. There is nothing like a simple person. 
nothing like a simple person. I know I'm not simple. My kids will tell you I am not simple. My husband will tell you she is not simple. You know, I am not simple and neither are you. Hallelujah. So we will find that Deborah is not a simple person either. Amen. So all of you who walk around thinking, oh, I'm so simple. Well, today I can tell you, you are not simple. Okay. Amen. So we'll find like Deborah, like many of us, had so many layers to her personality. She had layers to her calling. Okay. There was nothing simple. Hmm. Location, time, need, and circumstances put demands on Deborah and her giftings so that she produced a diversity of functions. She was not simple. I know I could say that again, but I won't. Deborah was pretty much like an onion. You know when you cut an onion? It is not a simple vegetable. You know, the outside of it is this thin peel thing. You manage to get it off. First of all, it's just producing things that's going to make your eyes water. You know, it's going to really hurt you. I remember when I was a kid, you know, it, it, we didn't use blenders. We used a stone to grind stuff until we pureed it. And it was like a rite of passage. If you're going to be anything like a woman, you better be able to use the grinding stone and puree things like a blender. If you couldn't, you were not a woman, baby. You had to. Your mom was going to make sure that you're going to grind this. And the worst thing to grind was the onion. Oh, my God. And I remember, you know, my mom had these dark glasses. She had really big ones because I think she was attempting to be fashionable. So she bought two. One was blue and the other one was brown. And after a little while, she didn't use them anymore because it wasn't really her. It was just, you know, from time to time, you feel like doing something, you know, being something, you know. So after a while, she didn't use it anymore. So I used to keep them in the kitchen drawer. And when it's my, I'm called to do the onion, I pull my glasses out and I wear them and I grind my onion. My mother gets so mad at me for, for wearing, you know, dark glasses to grind onion. I mean, it just made her mad. It's like, who do you think you are? Generations of us, for how many thousands of years, we ground the onion and our eyes were weeping. Who do you think you are? You know, you got to grind that onion and weep your eyes out. Then you're a woman. I'm telling you, but I kept my glasses there every single time. I pull it out before I grind. And it just used to annoy her so much. Oh my God, it's so funny. But anyways, we are like that onion, right? Like you peel one layer, there's another layer. You peel one layer, there's another layer. There's so many layers to this onion. And we find that Deborah is very much like that. You keep seeing her in Revelation, changing, changing, becoming more, becoming more. Amen. And that's the will of God for you and for me. We are not simple. When the pressures come, when we change location, you know, when time changes, God releases and removes another a layer to reveal another you. Something you didn't know was there. Something you didn't know you could do. 
You know, it's all hidden and God wants us in this walk with him, whether we are walking, you know, through the valley of the shadow of death or whether we are walking in the green pastures, he's going to reveal something about us that we didn't know. We're going to express another thing about us that is of God. We're going to express something else, another gift and another calling. So don't feel stuck. You are not stuck. There's going to be a change coming to you. You're going to see another revelation of yourself, another expression of yourself as you walk with the Lord. You are not stuck. Hallelujah. If you are retired, that's past and gone. Something else is on its way. Hallelujah. If you're in a new um, um, community, God's going to reveal something else because he always has more. So don't stay stuck. Have expectation. There's more coming for you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Amen. So, in Judges chapter 4, we come to the story. You know, in the past um, chapter, Ehud has been the judge of Israel, delivered Israel, and all of that. But Israel, as always does, as we always do, sin again, right? Is we are not that different from those people, guys. Don't ever think you are that different from them. We are the same like them. If there's a difference, it's the grace of God. You know what? We are all prone to these errors. So they went through those things. And then because of that, God sold them. God allowed them to be overtaken and overrun by a different kingdom. The Bible said they cried out. You know, and then verse 3, it says, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So for 20 years, there was this a king called Jabin. Okay, he was a Canaanite king. And Jabin had a strong armed forces. 900 chariots of iron. Forget about foot soldiers. Forget about if there were some who actually just rode on, on um, horses. He's just talking about the chariots, 900. And because he had this force, for 20 years, he oppressed the children of Israel. Oppression sometimes comes in our lives, you know. It comes in so many different areas. I want to talk about all the areas in which oppression can come. Because if you have walked through oppression, you know what was oppressing you. You know how it came upon you. You know how it's working on you, right? And, and, but we see that that is the work of the enemy. Because Jabin was the enemy. And he had 900 chariots of iron with which he was oppressing Israel for 20 years. Oppression is a work of the enemy, and it's real. And it really does come. It comes. And when it comes, you really have to know that this is oppression. You don't tell stories around it, sing songs around it, call it what it is, and then figure out what you have to do. Amen. Praise God. You've got to see it for what it is. Amen. Praise God. Now we are going to Judges um, chapter 4 and verse 4. Now it tells us... The, Deborah is being introduced. Now Deborah, my friend Deborah is sitting here. <laughs> now Deborah, a prophetess. That's who she was, a prophetess. She had a gift of prophecy that would come upon her and she would be able to speak the mind of God. I believe or I kind of speculate that she probably had this gift as a young person. A lot of young people already are expressing giftings that God has brought on them. If we do not suppress them, if we do not, you know, ignore it, and if we actually recognize it and can guide them into it, 
a lot of people are already expressing at a very young age these giftings that God has for them. And I believe that as a young woman, Deborah probably began to prophesy. Now, as she grew older and she became mature, she became the wife of Lapidoth. So yet another change. She's a prophetess. Times and seasons change for her. She becomes mature and she marries. Now she's the wife of Lapidoth. Okay, Lapidoth means torch or flame. And then finally tells us, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. So third thing, she was a judge. And I don't think she became a judge as a child. She probably prophesied as a child, matured and became a wife. Then as she grew in wisdom as a wife and as an adult, and adding on to her gift of prophecy, she naturally grew to become a judge. Amen. And that's what I'm saying to you today. There's so much in you and things should be transforming as you grow in the Lord. One gift should come to meet another. One uh, um, situation should make you morph into, in terms of in what you do, okay, into what else you are doing next. So have the expectation that God is walking in you, working in you to keep this transformation going. Hallelujah. Let God express the fullness of what he had in mind. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139 that God had all these thoughts. He saw all our days before one of them came to be. All our days were seen. God saw all our days. He had in mind all the things he had put in us. So don't let us be the stopping factor with God. Let's keep on moving so that all that God had in mind comes to pass in our lives. Amen.